Welcome to Feathers in My Hair, a Teen Mom Deep Dive podcast. I'm your host, Liz Bentley. Hey, hey everyone. How are we? I am feeling much better this week. My back feels way better. I saw my chiropractor twice. Here's the deal. Do I believe in chiropractors? Like, do I believe there are evidence-based studies for chiropractors? Like, not really. (laughs) Does my chiropractor make my back feel better? Yes. (laughs) And like this week, he did a lot of soft tissue work, less cracking, more soft tissue work, and I'm feeling way better. Thank God. Um, I like sprained something in my back, basically. Uh, So that really sucked. (laughs) Really sucked. But thankfully, I'm feeling way better. I noticed today, like got up got out of bed and was walking around. I was like, oh, my back doesn't hurt. And it was like in my, almost in my hip, like my right hip. I'm like touching it like you can see. And so when I was getting up and down, it was really bothering me the most when I was getting up and down. So that's really good. So thank you all for being patient with me. I mean, you don't really have any other option, but... (laughs) I'm glad I could put out that real world episode. It is funny. I had a bunch of people messaging me about it. And I was like, when I tell you I have no memory of that episode or anything said in that episode at all, like I do, I recorded that shit two years ago. So, you know, I go and like, I can barely remember things I recorded two weeks ago. (laughs) But a lot of people seem to enjoy it. And I'm really grateful for that. You should come to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. This last week, I actually changed it up a little bit, and I talked about scripted shows, which I usually never do. I don't really, like, it's just not really my wheelhouse to do scripted TV commentary, but I talked about Euphoria and Inventing Anna, so that was fun to do. I don't think it's going to be, like, a regular segment of mine, but it's nice, you know, to have the freedom. This week, I believe I will be doing an episode on of True Life, the... I don't know how you say their last name, the Thoreau family, that family that lived in Louisiana that like clearly was supposed to get a spinoff from MTV, but didn't. So MTV just aired it as like two episodes of True Life. Remember when that shit used to happen? I feel like it happened on MTV a lot where they would like clearly be trying to introduce some show, but it wouldn't get picked up. And this was like very much in the time where we were like super into regional specific shows like Jersey Shore had really popped off at this point and I think MTV was like okay cool like what other like regional groups of people can we focus on and they were like let's go to South Louisiana where teens are allowed to drink if their parents are there so we can show teens getting drunk (laughs) I really think that was like their whole idea for it but I'm gonna have Jessie on she is from the general area that this family is from so that should be very fun Remember when all those places were getting TV shows? Like, when was Buck Wild on? I loved Buck Wild. I also loved, I was one of the 11 people who watched the Alaska version of Buck Wild called Slednecks. <laughs> that got two seasons. It was incredible. I wonder if that's still available on MTV. I should watch it for a Patreon. But anyway, patreon.com slash Liz Explains. I still, I have not watched, um, what what is this show called family reunion in a couple weeks um just hasn't really like got me in its grips i i liked it like i said when i was watching but then once i missed a week i was like i don't really feel like catching up 
and I missed two weeks, and I was like, I don't really feel like catching up, and I'm just not sure I'm going to catch up with it. Um, I'm really glad that I made the choice that I was not going to keep recapping it on this podcast, because I just don't, I don't think that I need to watch the rest of it. I know I, like, liked the early episodes, and I bet if I watched the newer ones, I would enjoy them enough, but I just don't feel like a motivation to watch them. They did get a second season, which I <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand anything MTV does. I like I I truly do not understand. But it does make me laugh because you know how like every fucking day people are like Teen Mom's getting canceled. Teen Mom's getting canceled. Teen Mom's getting canceled. And they've been saying that for the last six to eight years. Like <laughs> Like, every day someone's like, they're going to cancel this show. The girls need to get jobs because they're going to cancel this show. That's what they're always saying. <laughs> and yet, here we are, and we're getting multiple spinoff shows and multiple seasons of the spinoff show. My guess is it's just, like, super easy to film. I mean, they take them to, like, a resort. They're there for, what, 10 days. They probably pay each of them, like, fifty to $75,000, which for MTV is nothing. And they just film for 10 days. It's probably super easy, especially compared to doing, like, Teen Mom seasons. And it's a nice thing to have. I feel like they then don't have the pressure of getting, like, a another Teen Mom season out immediately. Which, by the way, like, why does there always have to be a new season of Teen Mom on TV? <laughs> like, when did MTV decide that we could not go any time without a Teen Mom season airing? Um, One of my listeners, Ryan, commented, like, yeah, I think he gave me that idea that like they the uh, family reunion is good for like the in-between seasons. And I was like, yeah, I definitely agree with that. But I also don't understand like why MTV needs to have new Teen Mom episodes on at all times. Like why Teen Mom has to be a year round thing. Like why can't we just have Teen Mom OG and then a six week break like or an eight week break? Like I I don't really get it, but I don't I don't work in network television. This isn't network. This is cable television. I don't work in cable television. I don't know how this shit works, but a second season, I guess. Uh, will Mackenzie McKee get to go? Probably not. She apparently was on Ashley's from Teen Mom 2. Her last name is Jones, but her Instagram handle has always been Ashley Siren. So I, in my head, her last name is Siren. Like, that's bad branding for her. By the way, do you remember when Team Mom Young and Pregnant came out and Jade's usernames are like under like 18 underscores, then Jade, and then 18 underscores? And I tweeted her and I was like, girl, you have to change your handles. <laughs> like, like, you were really good on this show. I want to follow you. I want to tell people to follow you. But like, they will not be able to find you. And she was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> yes, I will take credit for that because it's really important that people can find your handles. And I don't really understand why she has Ashley Siren. Maybe it's changed. I actually don't. I only follow her on the, um, like, the Feathers of My Hair account, which I don't really look at the feed on there. So I really don't see her stuff. But I wonder if she changed it to Ashley Jones. Because, like, it should be her last name. But Mackenzie went on her podcast and apparently had a good time. But I didn't listen to it. I didn't see anybody post about it. The only reason I know it is because I did see Mackenzie McKee tweet something and about like just typical Mackenzie shit like uh when someone that you've trusted your almost your whole life lies to you just some shit about MTV lying to her which look 
I agree. Like, MTV shouldn't lie to her. Like, if that if they're saying, like, you, you're, we're not doing a season two of Team Mom Family Reunion, and then she fucking gets on StarCasm.net and sees they're doing a season two of Team Mom Family Reunion. Yeah, that, like, that is shitty. And I don't really understand why they don't just have the balls to be like, you just don't really gel with the rest of the cast, to be honest. Like, we're not inviting you because you don't fit in well with the rest of the girls. And we don't think you're, like, exciting enough to cause a conflict that we're interested in. I think that's really what it comes down to. I know I did say, like, I do think they are worried about what Mackenzie will say and that they won't be able to walk it back. Um, But I I also think, like, a big part of it is that they feel like she doesn't fit in with the OGs, but not... She's not like Farrah. Like, I know Farrah came back and they all had, like, a screwy match with Farrah except for... Amber, who is apparently incredibly calm. Amber's had quite a good showing um, on Teen Mom Family Reunion from what I've watched and what I've seen people saying online. I've seen some people be like, why is she having, like, what's going on with her that she's so calm, cool, and collected? And I think it's just the reality of having a mental illness, right? Like, she's not going to be explosive at all times and she's not drinking on this show like I think she said specifically she's not drinking because of probation and I would imagine substances have a big part of her reactions to things like a a big part and I also think like she got lucky in a lot of ways in that she got filmed on like a good two weeks and she wasn't triggered by anything when she was there so she could just be calm cool and collected I think we have this idea that somebody like Amber is like this monstrous villain at all times. And I I don't think that's true. I would bet a lot of the times Amber is calm. She is calm, cool and collected, which I just said like three times in a row. But she is fine. Right. It's the fact that the issue is, is that like the bad times are so unmanageable. And that's that's the problem. Um, Not that like she can never have good times. And I think that gets missed by a lot of people or not missed, but like maybe just isn't understood by a lot of people, which makes sense because it can be really confusing to be around somebody or watch somebody that has a personality disorder that's not really getting treated. So yeah, so fair, like fair though, I think is fun drama for MTV. I think they like when she comes in. I also think that like they know that Farrah is so hated Um <laughs> That Farrah can come in and everybody can scream at her because she'll say something like really malicious and awful. Like what she called Corey Ghetto. Is that what happened? And there was like a huge explosive fight over it. Like that's fucked up. And everybody can be like, I fucking hate Farrah because everybody hates Farrah, right? Like she's not a likable person, which is a whole thing. But it's just the truth where Mackenzie McKee, I don't think has that hate from the audience. Also, like, I mean, physically, Mackenzie McKee is very little. She's blonde. She's perky. And I think that, like, they don't want the optics of all of the girls yelling at her because she will look very ganged up on in a way that, like, Farrah just, like, doesn't appear that way because Farrah can really hold her own and start the fights. And Mackenzie's just not going to do that. I know I talk about optics a lot and I was talking about them last time I recorded with, like, Leah and Miranda and maybe I'm, like, over-reading things, but I really do think, like, optics are really important in reality television. Like, a big part of reality TV is the way that we're viewing these characters. 
I think someone like Mackenzie will appear bullied. She's like very fragile, even though she's like built by Mac or whatever her fucking thing is, body by Mac. She's just very petite, very blonde. And I think the audience like naturally wants to defend somebody who looks like her. And I think the production is aware of that. So, oh, Sophia, speaking of fair, Sophia turned 13 this week. Fair let her get her septum pierced, which caused a huge outrage, but also like a bunch of people coming out to support it. I don't know. I feel like as far as facial piercings go, like would I let a 13 year old get a facial piercing? I don't know. I really don't know. Like probably not, but also like truly it's no big deal. And actually the septum piercing is probably one of the better facial piercings to get because first of all, you can hide them. Like if you don't know, the septum is um, like the thing in between your nostrils, your lower nose. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. Google it if you don't know what a septum piercing is. I don't know how to explain it. But you can flip up the ring to be like inside your nostrils so it's not visible. Uh, they also heal very well. And when you take them out because of like where the piercing is, they don't leave a mark on your skin. I mean, poor Janelle with those fucking... Monroe piercing scars that she still has all these years later. Uh, I would imagine a nose ring probably leaves a scar. I don't know. I haven't taken out my nose ring, but also Sophia like doesn't go to regular school, right? So it doesn't really matter for septums pierce. And it feels like I will say it does seem like Fair really lets Sophia like have her own style. Um, she has like purple hair and she really dresses like very like rocker chick alternative, like very Avril Lavigne in 2002 type of look. And that's great for her and I'm happy for her and I think that's really nice. Uh, I have a lot of things that we could say about Ferris parenting, but I think the septum piercing is probably fine. Uh, yeah, Sophia's 13. We're all very old. <laughs> We are all very old. And Farrah posted this like weird cameo video that she got for Sophia. And it's so weird to watch her in motion because only like her lips and her like eyeballs are able to move. The rest of her face is so frozen and it's very like uncanny valley to watch her. (laughs) Girl, please chill on the filters. Filters? Fillers. Ugh. Okay, I think that's it for news of the week. I watched this week season seven because we finished season six last, six last week. I watched episode one and episode three just based on the descriptions. I wanted to see those. Um, a lot happens in these episodes. A lot. I am just like addicted to this era of Leah on television. Like I am so deep into watching this. I'm pretty sure I covered all of this when I started Feathers in My Hair. What year was this? Okay, so this was in March 2016 and my podcast started in January 2017. So great. I haven't covered this through the podcast yet. And even if I have, you know, fresh eyes. I just like, I'm so obsessed with watching Leah just like deny reality. It's so wild to watch. Also, like, the destruction of Kale and Hobby's marriage is really compelling. The Chelsea, whatever. <laughs> I'm happy for her and Cole. And then Janelle is, like, in this crazy volatile place where she's, like, getting arrested and breaking up with Nate. And then she meets David. And I can see how people who 
just watched the television show, like, thought David probably looked pretty good at first. And I think that's the case for, like, all of Janelle's boyfriends but Kiefer. Like, I think Gary Head seemed good. I think Nathan probably seemed good. I think David seemed good. But for me, that was never the case because I am a lunatic who knows everything about this cast. And as soon as, like, Janelle and posted him on social media, the girls on Twitter, like, got to background checking, and he had, like, a million feckin' arrests and, like, an active restraining order against him. That's why it's always funny when people are like, I really thought David might have been good at first. And I'm like, oh, you just watched the show. Because when you just watched the show, he does seem fine, right? Like, he's pretty cute. He has his daughter all the time. You don't really know the situation with the son. He has a job. You're like, okay, this seems better. Janelle seems like deliriously happy in this episode, which is honestly kind of unnerving to watch because Janelle is never, I don't think Janelle's like really capable of being that happy unless she's like in a really uh, like, uh, just like a really like high on the moment situation that she comes crashing down from. So I like I can see I can see how people who just watch a show who didn't know that he had like 1800 arrests before even meeting Janelle thought like, oh, he's probably a good guy. By the time this fucking thing aired, I'd already read like the restraining order that his ex filed against him. And that's just how I watch television. Um, I wish I could be a person that just like watched TV, you know, and like didn't have to like obsessively know everything about what I'm watching. But that's just not who I am. You know that TikTok sound? I've never been relaxed for a minute in my life or whatever it is. Like, that's me in reality television. Like, if I'm paying attention even halfway, like, I have to know everything about them. (laughs) So, yeah, season seven is picking up basically right where we left off. Leah has gotten out of treatment. I did watch the season six reunion, just Leah's segment, because I wanted that to be fresh in my mind. Um, And I kind of forgot how it went, but, like, Leah did fully like, call Corey out on having sex with Miranda or, like, them cheating. She doesn't say it directly, directly, but Corey and Leah are kind of going back and forth. Dr. Drew is horrendous in this, as Dr. Drew does. (laughs) He is so defending Leah and basically telling Corey that Corey is crazy. Um, It's so mind-boggling because Dr. Drew is sitting there being, like, Corey, you're not doing what's best for Leah. And it's like, it's not about, Corey's like sitting there being like, I don't give a fuck about Leah. (laughs) Like, This is not about Leah. This is about our daughters and keeping them safe. And the fact that Drew like won't acknowledge that at all is infuriating to me. I think it's fine that like when Leah's out there, he's being compassionate with her and she did just get out of this treatment. And even if she's not willing to talk on camera about her drug addiction, which she's trying to get her to admit, but she won't. Um, The fact that he then, like, gaslights Corey, essentially, into thinking he, like, into trying to convince Corey that, like, Corey's in the wrong. It's so, it's so infuriating. That's what Dr. Drew does. I realize. I'm like, this is why we hate Dr. Drew, because he always takes the wrong side. (laughs) Always. Like, he's always on the wrong side. I don't know how he does it. He has an uncanny ability to always be on the wrong side. But basically, they're like argue, like arguing, arguing, Corey and Leah, like pretty intensely. And Leah's like, you know, things were fine for two years. And then two years ago, things changed. Corey's like, they did change. Miranda gave me a backbone. And Leah's like, oh, <laughs> she did. She did. You want me to tell? 
and like basically is threatening to tell on Corey that Leah and Corey slept together. And he's like, do it. I don't care. And she's like, so where were you the first few months of you and Miranda's marriage? <laughs> and then Miranda later is on stage and basically is talking about like how Miranda, um, like how Leah betrayed her and how like she betrayed uh, Miranda's marriage, which Leah didn't really betray Miranda's marriage. Corey betrayed Miranda's marriage. But I also don't think Miranda needs to like be best friends with Leah. <laughs> So, like, I just don't think she needs to do that. I think that's something that Leah has never wrapped her head around, that when you fuck someone's husband, they don't want to be your friend. I Like, I genuinely think Leah doesn't understand that, which is really mind-boggling to me. But I, I really think she does not get why Miranda does not like her. And it's like, yeah, she needs to be mad at Corey, but the reality is, is that Corey's her husband and she chose to stay with him, and they're going to work on it the way that they're going to work on it, and all she has to do is be civil with you. Like, she doesn't need to do anything beyond that because you fucked her husband. <laughs> and that's just the reality. And she's probably going to carry that grudge forever. And would it be healthier for Miranda to not carry that grudge? Probably. I would say definitely. But in reality, like, you fucked her husband. And it's always going to be awkward between the two of you because of that. But Corey, Miranda, or Corey and Leah are fighting. She goes, monkey. And then Mama Dawn off camera. Corey keeps arguing and mom and Don off camera is like monkey <laughs> and Corey's like what the fuck is monkey <laughs> oh gosh it's just it's really a really interesting fight to watch um Leah takes absolutely no accountability I understand Leah is just fresh out of treatment at this time and I'm not expecting her to be perfect or to get on stage and be like I'm a drug addict and this is what I did but this has always been Leah's issue, just like a total lack of accountability. I think she still has this issue, you know, not that long ago when she was saying, like, Corey should have done more for her in their, like, relationship when she was sick and when she was talking shit on Miranda or letting Jeremy talk shit on Miranda at that reunion. Like, I think Laura, uh, Leah's just, like, always had an issue with accountability. So I watched that. That was interesting. Uh, Miranda, or I will say Leah looks like really nice. She's like in that little yellow sundress. She looks so much better than she did during the season. But that's just like the power of hair and makeup, right? Okay, let's get into the episodes right after a quick break. Okay, I guess we'll just talk about Leah since we're already here. Leah is home from treatment and Corey has filed for full custody. Now he's done this in the past and he didn't get it. And now he has a bunch of evidence. <laughs> now Leah is not taking the girls to school. This is going to be a regular thing throughout this season. Leah is living 45 minutes away from where the girls go to school. She agreed to put them in school by Corey's house. I'm not really sure, like, why she made that agreement. At that I'm like, why are they going to school there? If they live with you Monday through Friday, then why are they going to school 45 minutes away? I miss, I vaguely remember something about like that school being better for Allie and that's why they went there. But Leah is just a hot mess. Um, We see her waking the girls up at like six o'clock because they have to be at school at 715, which feels very early for elementary school. But she did mention that they have breakfast before school, so I wonder if everybody gets dropped off and they all have, like, the free breakfast. 
And that's why it starts like an hour earlier than most elementary schools. At least I know most elementary schools around here start at like 8.15, 8.30. Because they stagger like the high school, the middle. The high school starts first. I think my high school started at like 7.20. Then the middle school starts at like 7.50. And then the elementary schools start at like 8.20 or something like that. So I don't, maybe they just, everybody has to get there early because they do breakfast. Or maybe that's just how they do things in their town. But it's a mess. It's a fucking mess. This is when <laughs> MTV really starts showing us the clocks with Leah. Um, they're obsessed with showing us a clock. <laughs> they love to show us a clock in Leah's segments because Leah can't get anywhere on time. Um, she is, Things are just a mess. Like, the girls are sleeping on the couches. I remember at the time there being a lot of rumors that the girls didn't have their own rooms because... Leah's boyfriend is living with her. Oh, which Corey did call her out for in the the reunion. He's like, so you don't have a boyfriend living with you? The girls just say he's living with you? And she's like, no, no, that's my friend. He's not living with me. But she was living with TR Dues. Remember, this is all post-treatment. Um, and I remember, like, everybody online being like, oh, my God, TR's kids live in the bedrooms. Uh, Leah's girls don't have bedrooms. And I, I, like, never believed that. I think the reality is, is that there was no bedtime at Leah's house and the girls were just allowed to stay up as late as they wanted on the couch watching TV. And when they fell asleep, they fell asleep. It, it's a mess watching her get up. And the girls are really upset. Allie opens the fridge and is like, they didn't buy me any Lunchables. And she says it, like, three times, which is <laughs> very funny. Then Grace starts, like, losing her mind because she's like I want breakfast I want breakfast I don't like or and I need a sandwich I don't like the hot lunch at school is what she's saying and Leah's like I'm sorry I thought we had bread but we don't I'm sorry I you're, you'll have to have the hot lunch at school which I don't think is like the worst thing in the world I bought lunch at school most days almost all days but once again it's like if your kid it's just like lack of preparation from Leah like watching this whole scene is it's hard to watch as somebody that likes to be prepared. <laughs> like, like, why are their clothes not laid out? Why are their lunches not already made? Like, if you know that this is a struggle for you and you're waking up at five o'clock in the fucking morning to get these kids to school, like, why don't you have this planned out a little better? Like, it looks so, all of it looks so last minute. Why are you minutes before you have to get out the door and drive 45 minutes being like, oh, I thought I had bread, but I didn't doesn't make it nothing she does make sense in this season well I mean it it does because Leah's still using drugs in this season <laughs> I'm sorry it's just reality <laughs> like, maybe one day she'll admit it you know maybe one day she'll get honest but she's still fucking using in these scenes there's no way that she's not there's no way she's high as shit um so Grace is crying and she's like we need to stop at the gas station and Leah's like, no, we don't have time. And then Gracie says, I don't trust you. She says, take me back because you're always worried about somebody else, something else. I'm cold and I'm hungry and I want breakfast. And she's crying. And here's the thing. Like, they're getting breakfast at school, right? They're getting breakfast at school. It's fine, probably, that they didn't eat. Although I will say, like, that's a really long car ride for them to just, like, 
if you know the girls are hungry, like 45 minutes is a long time to ask a kid to sit in the car if they're starving and they don't get to eat anything before they leave the house. Like, once again, keep some fucking granola bars in your car. Like, there are solutions to this that Leah just, like, did not prepare for at all. Do I think it's the end of the world that, like, the girls didn't get, like, a fully cooked breakfast at home? No. Absolutely not. It's probably not even the end of the world that they didn't get to sit down and have a bowl of cereal. But if you have a 45-minute drive with them and they're starving, like, that's that's just poor planning on Leah's part. Um, And the girls are, like, six at this point. You know, like, <laughs> it's not like they're new babies and she just has, like, no idea how to parent. Like, she's not new to this game at this point. So Leah, and I will say, like, hearing Gracie say, I don't trust you is definitely jarring, right? Like, you're like, oof. Because that's a really specific thing for a six-year-old to say, I don't trust you. But also, like, I don't know. She could have heard that from anywhere. She could have been watching a show the day before and the character was telling their mom they didn't trust them. Or maybe they just, like, happened to use trust a lot in school. But it is kind of jarring to hear a kid tell their parent straight up, like, I don't trust you. <laughs> About something is, like, getting food. Um, it's one thing if, like, the kid is like, I want to watch TV. And the mom's like, maybe. And they're like, I don't trust you. You always say maybe, but we never get to do it. Um, That feels like one thing. But when your kid is having a tantrum about not having food and they're saying that they don't trust you to take care of them. I, I'm not saying like CPS needs to be called over that. Like I, I don't want to imply that Grace is like saying that Leah was like abusing her, but that's a pretty big statement to make that I think that we shouldn't ignore just because like a kid is saying it, you know, like it's easy to be like, she's just a kid, whatever. And that definitely could be the case. But when a, a six-year-old says to you, I don't trust you, you're always caring about somebody else, you're never caring about us, mm, and you have a new boyfriend living there, mm, and his kids are living there with you guys, mm, <laughs> it's not great. It's really not great. Uh, Gracie's also crying that Corey and Miranda, Daddy and Miranda, make me lunch, or make me breakfast, and Leah's like, well, I'm not Daddy and Miranda. I'm like, Oof. Oof. She gets the girls to school on time, which is like a major victory for her. I'm, I'm a person that doesn't tolerate lateness very well. Um, My mom was always very late when I was a child, which gave me what I called lateness anxiety. <laughs> and I like really care about being on time. So I, it's hard for me to applaud someone for doing the bare minimum of getting their child to school on time. Why are you living 45 minutes away from their school, girl? Like, wh why? You don't own that house. You don't have to live there. You have enough money to move, or theoretically you should, because you're on a very well-paying show and you're driving an Escalade. But, you know, <laughs> Leah, Leah, spent, Leah and her spending problem, as they would call it. So then we get the iconic scene of Leah going out to lunch with her cousin Chastity and little Addie picks up a sugar packet, hands it to Leah. <laughs> Addie is maybe 18 months old in this. Mm, she must be two at this point, like two. She picks up the sugar packet. She <laughs> hands it to Leah. <laughs> 
Leah opens it and hands it right back to her, and she just starts pounding sugar. Uh, we also get a scene of Addie just uh, eating the sweet and low. <laughs> I used to like to do that too, but I had to sneak it. Although I would drink, my parents would let me drink like the coffee creamer. <laughs> But, like, I was always addicted to sugar, but, like, I couldn't just sit at the table and pour sugar packets in my mouth. Oh, my gosh. There's also that hilarious scene later, I think, in this season where Dawn is, like, watching Addie and Addie wants to eat the icing. And Dawn is like, well, sit at the table first and, like, gives her a spoon to eat icing right out of the jar. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I just love that scene of Addie just, like grinning as she pours sweet and low in her mouth. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Okay, so Leah, oh, Corey and Miranda are talking and they're talking, oh, Allie's a doctor's appointment and Corey's like, well, you know, we're both gonna go. I I don't plan on doing small talk with Leah. We're just like not in a good place. And that kind of lets us know that Corey and Miranda are not interested in having like a cordial relationship with Leah. The fact, I mean, remember also when Jeremy was like, Corey's never been to one of her doctor's appointments? I'm like, well, here, he went to the doctor's appointment. It's also, I think, probably fine for Miranda to be there. I don't know. Did Miranda need to come if you're having all these issues between Lee and Miranda? Like, probably not. But also, as I said before, like, Miranda is Allie's primary caregiver. (laughs) She's about to officially be her primary caregiver. So it makes sense that she's going to hear what the doctor has to say. So we get a scene of Leah, her sister, Victoria, and Victoria's husband at the time, Brian. I did notice that they were leaving. They have the girl, the twins, um, Addie's with Jeremy, I think. And they have the twins and they're leaving Leah's grandma's house, Grandma Sandy. And I did have a little chuckle because it's Grandma Sandy that ends up attacking this Brian with a lead pipe when Grandma Sandy finds out that Brian cheated on Victoria. (laughs) It's interesting to me how, like, the Messer sisters get married. Like, they're really into marriage. There's something interesting to me about that. Because this is Victoria's first husband when we see her, I believe. I do believe this is her. Mm, this might be her second, honestly. At this point, we're in season seven. This might be her second husband. Because when she meets her now new husband, Royer, is that his name? Royer, um, they got married, by the way. He's in America and they got married. He left his life in Costa Rica and is here with his baby and now his new wife, which that's good, I guess. I mean, I think he has other kids in Costa Rica that are not like adult age, but it's good that he's with his baby, <laughs> I, I guess. Um, but Victoria has been married three times. Leah has been married twice. I think her brother also got married pretty young. I wonder why they're always getting married. It's just interesting that, like, it's one thing to be having, like, kids young because they're in a a family cycle where they all have kids young. But it's surprising to me that they're always getting married. But Victoria and her husband Brian are with her and the twins, and they're in Leah's car. And they are talking cash shit on Corey Miranda, which, by the way, came up in the reunion. And Corey was like, you talk shit on me and Miranda to the girls. And Leah was like, uh, I don't do that. He's like, we see it on TV, Leah. (laughs) 
I would not be able to be on reality TV because anytime anybody denied something, I'd be in their face being like, I fucking saw it on camera. This is my problem with sister wives where they like don't get in each other's faces and scream. But like, I don't know how people are not constantly like roll the fucking tape, roll the tape. Like, I'm an evidence based practitioner, which means that if I have evidence, I'm going to make you watch it. But yeah, Leah's like, well, you and Miranda talk about me. You know what it's like when MTV wants to film. And he's like, we don't talk about you in front of the girls, which they really don't. They really don't. They like, they'll show the girls playing, but like Corey and Miranda are like sitting far enough away that it's clear the girls are not listening. Leah, though, talks full shit on them with the girls in the car, no headphones, just like fully listening. Brian's like, I think Corey's just going to court to cause conflict. And Victoria's like, you know what? You take too much shit from him already. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. And I get it. It's hard. It's really hard um, not to, like, gossip in front of kids. Even just, like, last weekend when I was with my best friend, we were talking about something. And one of the girls like, why are you talking about? And said the person we were talking about. And we're like, whoops. Because it's really easy to forget that your kids have ears. Like, I understand that. And I'm not saying that, like, nobody ever does this. But when you are in a contentious, like, custody situation, you're being filmed for television, one would think that you would be a little more aware of what you're saying on camera. (laughs) Because that's definitely going to get aired. (laughs) So they have a doctor's appointment with uh, Dr. Tao. And um, this is Dr. Tao telling them that, Allie needs to use her wheelchair (laughs) 24-7. Oh, gosh, that wheelchair. Okay, in the second episode, um, Leah is, like, all wound up. She's all wound up because they haven't heard back about custody. Oh, it's the second episode that I'm watching, but this is actually episode three. And I skipped to this one because it's one that we find out about custody. Um, We find out at the very beginning that Corey's gotten primary custody, but Leah does not yet know. So she's all wound up like she's like saying that she's her nerves are fucking shot um she takes brian he's around a lot randomly in this season to do the drop off with Corey, which is no drama whatever but like leah didn't want to go alone and Corey is or brian is saying like after the drop off they're like you know Corey just needs to worry about what he does on his time and that's it and i'm like what that's not how parenting works. Like, of course, there is a certain amount when you do not raise a child with someone else in your home. Like, there is, and I'm going to get to this with Kale, actually. Like, there is a lot that you have to just, like, let go of that you do not have control over. I'm not denying that, but, like, Corey is considering these girls safety, right? Like, and that's, when it involves safety, that's totally different. And that's what Corey cares about, but Leah won't admit that. Uh, Leah also says that he's fighting for what he wants and what's best for him. And at the end of the day, I'm fighting for what's best for the girls. <laughs> oh my God. Leah is so selfish and self-centered. And I think she still is like this in a lot of ways, honestly. I think that she is not very good at um, like detaching what the girls want from what she wants. I think that she kind of sees them as just an extension of herself. So they do the drop off and she's like, I just know my kids aren't coming home tomorrow. Something's not right. And this is when 
in a minute, she's going to find out that she's right. The kids aren't coming home. We had a scene of Corey talking to his friend, and Corey's like, you know, I just told the facts to the judge. The facts are that Leah was not getting the girls to school. And I remember at the time she was missing Allie's doctor's appointments. Um, there was money taken out of Allie's trust. This wasn't shared on TV, but there was money missing from Allie's trust that Corey brought to the courts. Like, the reality is, is that to get primary custody flipped, like, there has to be some pretty serious allegations. And the judge being able to look and see that the mother regularly does not get the kids to school in time, which I do believe at one point Leah, like, accuses the teachers of lying for Corey, which I highly doubt. But if you're not getting the kids to school in time and you're incapable of getting the school girls to school in time and the other parent is capable of it and they're going to be the ones that probably have custody, right? Like, that's a big part of being a parent, like getting your kid to where they need to be at a reasonable time. And if Leah is incapable of doing that and their their other parent is, like, it makes sense to switch custody. I think in West Virginia, like, they don't have joint custody the way that a lot of states do they like have to I can't remember what it is there like has to be one primary custodial parent I know they like split custody now but I'm not sure if Corey ever like officially lost primary custody I think he might just let the girls be over there 50% of the time but Leah goes to see her lawyer and the lawyer is upset she's like I think the judge made a wrong decision And basically, Leah loses primary custody of the girls. She gets the girls Friday night through Monday morning. So she takes them to school on Monday. Basically, her schedule flipped with Corey. But the judge recognized that, I guess I have cheerleading on Thursday night, which is very important to Leah. So the judge says that Leah can pick the girls up, take them to cheerleading, and bring the girls back to Corey's, which Leah's, like, really upset about. She's like, it's fucking stupid. They should be over there on Thursdays then, which I don't know. I, I mean, if you're not getting the school girls to school, I don't think they're going to give you two school morning drop-offs, you know? I, I just don't think that they're going to do that. I will say she was, like, very calm while she's meeting with her lawyer, but then she gets home and she's talking to Chastity about it, and they basically have a fight, because Chastity's like, you and Corey need to figure out, like, what you're gonna do, and, like, how you're gonna handle this, and Leah's like, well, I'm not doing that, because this order, this order's wrong, and Chastity's like, well, I mean, the judge ordered it, like, you have to follow it, and Leah's like, no, I'm not agreeing to anything. That's not the right order. I'm not agreeing to it. <laughs> Chastity gives her this look of like, are you fucking kidding me? And she's like, you don't have a choice. And Leah's like, well, I went Thursday through Monday. The judge the judge just doesn't understand that this is ridiculous. And Chastity is like, fed the fuck up with her. I love, I love Chastity being like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? <laughs> Gosh, I love the rare instances when someone actually, like, questions what one of these girls are saying. Okay, so let's talk about Chelsea, who there's not um, anything very interesting going on. In the first episode, it's Aubrey's first day of kindergarten, and they take Aubrey to school. Um, There's cute scenes of Aubrey, like, not being able to wake up in the morning. That's really it. 
in the second episode, episode three, um, Chelsea sees a picture that Adam has posted on Instagram. And they don't really explain what the picture is. And I'm not totally sure what the picture is, but I'm assuming it's maybe Aubrey in the bath or Aubrey without like a top on um, because Chelsea is like, she's way too old for that to be picture posted on social media. Like that's, that's not appropriate. Aubrey wants her privacy. I want her privacy for her. She's six. She texts Adam is like, you have to take that down. And Adam's basically like, go fuck yourself. And Chelsea is upset. She lets us know, of course, that Cole is very upset. Because God forbid we don't know what Cole's thinking at any moment. <laughs> and I like, I'm totally, of course, I'm totally on Chelsea's side here. Like, I trust Chelsea to understand what an appropriate picture of Aubrey is or isn't. Um, They're not. So it's weird. In Janelle's episode, like in Janelle's segment, they talk about the show. They talk about the cameras. And I vaguely remember this is like when they were like half breaking the fourth wall. But Chelsea's not talking about it. She's talking around it. But what she's like implying, she's like, there are so many creeps out there. And what she's not saying is that Aubrey is famous, right? And it's probably not an appropriate picture for like a normal dad, a non-famous dad to post of his non-famous child. But it's like really not appropriate for Adam to post of a famous child. They don't talk enough on this show about their kids being famous. I think they should talk about that more. They have said like, uh, Aaliyah doesn't like to go by Gracie anymore because people come up to her and say, are you Gracie from Teen Mom? And she wants to be Aaliyah. But they really, I think it's because if they're talking about their kids being famous, they have to acknowledge just like the complete lack of privacy and the, the way that they're exploiting them. But it really should be more of a discussion, I think. The fact that like these kids are famous and what that means and what it looks like like strangers coming up to them and people making fan accounts about their kids. So Chelsea meets with a lawyer, a new lawyer, because she wants to adjust Adam's child support. And he's talking about wanting more visitation, which she's like, go fuck yourself, which good. Exactly right, Chelsea. (laughs) And the lawyer basically is like, there's nothing that you can do about the picture. Uh, Chelsea is explaining this to her dad. And I, I'm, pretty positive they cut out something about the show because she's like the lawyer agreed that the Instagram picture was bad she's like yeah that's wrong especially given and then there's like a a a beat too long and she's like I feel like he doesn't even see her much when she's at his parents house anyway and I'm like oh she said given that Aubrey's on TV (laughs) and they just cut that out of the show for some reason um when Aubrey comes home from Adam's house She lets them know because Chelsea asks, did you see your dad a lot? And Aubrey says, no, just one time. And then poor little Aubrey has a temper tantrum because she doesn't want to go to bed. (laughs) Oh, little Aubrey. She was so cute. So, so, so cute. Also, like, do pigs smell bad? Because Chelsea, like, fully had that pig, like, on the couch. And, like, her house was messy. And I was like, is the pig touching those things? What do pigs smell like? Like, pigs that just live inside. What do they smell like? I don't know. I don't think the pig lives inside at the new house. I think it lives outside on the land. Okay, let's talk about Kaylin, who her marriage to Javi is absolutely blowing up at this point. And it's very interesting to watch how Kaylin and Javi fight because they really use Joe as either, like, 
a force against them that they like bond together to fight against Joe or he's like a like a division factor in their relationship. Like it, Javi is uninterested in being civil with Joe. So either Kale's like teaming up with him to attack Joe or Kale's defending Joe and Javi's getting mad. So in this episode, Kale's decided she's not going to take Joe to court for child support. And her and Joe are in pretty good terms. Kale's explaining that she like talked to Joe to Javi and Javi's like, she like explains this whole thing about how they're all on good terms and it's really important to her that they all get along and sounds really reasonable. And Javi listens for a little bit and then goes, I don't care about this. <laughs> He's such an asshole. I don't care about this. I don't care. And Kale's like, well, what? He's like, I don't, they're not my friends. I don't care. And Kale's like, well, I, we need to like be on good terms. And he's like, why? I don't need to talk to them. I don't, I don't need, I don't need to have anything to do with them. And Kale's like, well, I'm not asking us to be like best friends. I just want us to be civil. And Javi's like, yeah, that's fine. There are no issues between us. <laughs> he's being such a dick. Um, Kale's going to take family pictures and Joe and V go for some reason. In my head, I was like, do Joe and V participate in this photo shoot? But they don't. They're just like watching it. <laughs> And Javi was supposed to be there and decided last minute that he did not want to be there. So after they take the pictures, Kale's like, ask Joe if he wants to go get food because they're all in this nice term. It's really nice for Isaac. Kale's being like really mature here. And she calls Javi and this is where she is very immature because she's like, she knows Javi's mad at her. They were fighting about it. Javi doesn't want anything to do with Joe and V. So why are you trying to invite him, Kale? Unless you want to have a fight. And she does it in the worst way possible. Because she's like, Isaac, should we call Dada and ask him if he wants to come to dinner with us? Let's call let's call Daddy and ask him if he wants to come to dinner with us. And by Daddy, she does mean Javi. <laughs> I mean, Lincoln is there, so... But Isaac is, like, fully calling Javi Dad in this scene. Which I think is fine. I think it's fine for a kid to call two people dad or two people mom. But it like it's sad knowing that they break up really soon after this. That's sad. But Kale like puts Javi on speakerphone and he's like, Dad, will you come to dinner with us? And Javi's like, Kale, I don't want to go to dinner. He's like, take me off speakerphone. <laughs> and they have a whole fight with Isaac and Lincoln in the backseat, like they have a whole fight on the phone on speakerphone where he's like, my body hurts. I'm tired. I don't want to go there. And he's like, bring my son home. And Kale's like, no, I'm not bringing my son, your son home. Like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't want my son going there. Bring him home. I want to spend time with one of my children. He's such a dick. Oh, my God. He's such a controlling dick. So they go out for dinner and Kale's like, Javi's just a dick. I don't know. He's mad at me. It doesn't have anything to do with you guys. And I think that's true. I think that Joe is just like an easy target for Javi to like make Kale mad, basically. So in the next episode is the, I was so glad to see this. I didn't realize that this was the episode I was turning on, but the infamous sweatpants fight. So it starts with the kids are allowed to have somebody come eat lunch with them. You know, very Grandma Donna and Aubrey. So Javi goes to have school with I goes to have lunch at school with Isaac and he takes a picture of them and it's not it's like a deep like he takes it for devious reasons because Javi is telling Kale that Isaac had 
bedhead. He was scratching his head. He said he hadn't had a bath. And in the picture, Isaac is wearing like a pajama shirt. And Kale is like, what the fuck? What? Like, if our kid looks bad, that's a reflection on me. This is an issue with me. Like, Joe needs to understand that this is like a reflection on me. Like, she just me, 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 me. And this is where I'm like, you got to let it go. I think it's fine. I think it's fine to be like, hey, Joe, can we get on the same page about hygiene? I want Isaac taking a bath every single night. Can you please just try and do that? And maybe like be just like a little more aware of what he wears at school. I understand that you guys have a brand new baby because V has a brand new baby at this point. I think the baby is like two months old. Like the baby is so maybe even less. I think the baby's born in the second episode. The baby's like a month old. Teeny tiny infant. I understand that Kale like has certain standards for the way that her kids look and that's fine. But as long as your child is not being like harmed at their other parents' house, and this is the difference between what Corey and Lee are going through because Corey's worried about their physical safety, right? And that's when you step in because like the kids were unsafe with Leah. Oh, also I meant to mention this during the reunion that I watched, Corey brings up that Leah was so, she was like so asleep that the girls had to shake her and she wouldn't wake up. And Leah goes, you know what? You know what? I was getting tested for narcolepsy. (laughs) Such a funny thing to lie about. I love when people say shit like that. I was getting tested for narcolepsy. You don't even know what you're talking about, Corey. That didn't happen. (laughs) And also like Dr. Drew not being like, so you were passed out and your kids were unsupervised it's just wild okay so kale is not concerned about isaac's physical safety she's concerned about people judging her which is so outrageous i mean i know this all goes back to kale's childhood right i'm assuming that she was a kid that was sent to school in clothes multiple days like the same clothes multiple days in a row maybe she didn't really have good hygiene when she was little because her mom wasn't bathing her but like a lot of kids go two days before they get a bath, right? Like a lot of kids don't take a bath every day. And you can think of that what you will, but that's not child neglect if your kid doesn't get a bath every day, even if you want them to. It's not neglect. And that is something that happens when your child lives in two homes and you can't control that. And fighting over it is so useless. It's just so useless. And Kale like sends him a text. And then of course, Joe like gets mad because like, this is not a like a conversation you have over text. Honestly, it's probably not even really worth addressing because like a pick, it's a pick your battles thing. But if you really must address it, like just do it in person where there's no confusion over tone or kills like, why do you feel like I'm attacking you? It's like because you kind of are. <laughs> you kind of are, Kale. Joe apologizes because he lashed out at Kale when Kale texted him. Um, I think he said some shit about Hobby. And Kale's like, you know, don't make comments about my husband. And Joe's like, you know what? You're right. I shouldn't. I just don't like what you had to say. Like, Isaac is fine. He's fine. Um, so this is what's going on when Kale and Hobby go to pick up Isaac. So they show up a half hour early. And they get into a huge fight. MTV is not there, but Kale has filmed this in case she needs to use it later for legal purposes. 
Girl, what the fuck are you talking about? She's... (laughs) Girl, what? (laughs) When she said that, I laughed out loud. I was like, oh, God, I just love the way Kale explains things. She's really, like, in prime form in this episode. Like, she's being peak Kale. So apparently she gets there and immediately is like, why is he not ready? And then Joe starts cursing her out, which I do believe because I think that what happens between them a lot is that Kale like comes in there and she's rude, like come like she did in the text, like she often does, right? Like she's rude to Joe. And then I think Joe escalates it very quickly. And I think for Kale, she's like so rude and ill-mannered that she doesn't understand why people react negatively to her being rude. And then she's like, you just screamed at me for no reason. But really, like, she started it. But I also think, like, Joe doesn't need to escalate to the level that he always feels the need to escalate it to. I think he's gotten better at that than he used to be. But, like, he probably didn't need to curse Kale out. And the thing is, though, he's tired. He has a brand new baby. He already was, like, attacked this week by Kale over the bath enclosed thing like he's clearly on edge and kale clearly came in to pick a fight right like don't show up a half hour early don't then be like why why is he not ready so the fight for us picks up kale is standing outside like um on the front step and joe is standing in the doorway and they're just yelling at each other and kale is like you know why are you like why are you looking like this? Like, you look like a mess. Our son is upstairs. Like, you need to stop screaming. Why do you cur- Why did you curse me out? And Joe was like, yeah, I did curse you out. And then I- that's why I'm like, Ugh. I feel like Joe admits they're cursing Kale out a lot. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times he's cursing Kale out when he doesn't need to be cursing her out. But she's like, you're a mess. It's 5 p.m. You're wearing sweatpants. And Joe was like, you came here. You attacked my appearance. Kale's like, I didn't attack your appearance. (laughs) And then Isaac gets in the... So Isaac is upstairs listening to this, which like Kale kind of delivers like we're supposed to be surprised. And it's like, yeah, no shit. No shit. You went to pick up your son. He was there. And then once they get Isaac in the car... For some reason, Javi decides to get involved, and this is when he starts he starts screaming at Joe, like, fuck you, fuck you, take care of your fucking kid, I do more for your kid than you do, etc. And this is what I mean by, like, I think that Javi really uses, like, fighting with Joe to, like, bond with Kale, and I think that's why he got her, like, the fact that he told her at all, you know, about the school lunch thing, where he was like, I took a picture. He had, like, his Cheshire grin on when he said that. And then when they were talking, he's like, I think, I don't know. At some point in the episode, he's like, you know, every single day, as soon as Isaac wakes up, you get him changed out of his pajamas. You always put an outfit on him. Why can't Joe do that? Like, he just really wanted Kale to be fighting with Joe. Because I think when she's fighting with Joe, Javi feels like they're closer. It's so sick. Javi's a sick person. Um, Kale lets us know that she's concerned that Isaac heard this fight. <laughs> yeah, no shit, girl. No shit. So she sits Isaac down and is like, I wanted to have a talk with you about the fight with daddy. And at first you're like, okay, good Kale. Good Kale. Then she goes, did you hear him yelling at mommy? <laughs> 
not it's so wild to hear her take absolutely no accountability whatsoever for this zero accountability for her or hobby because she's like you know sometimes like adults yell at each other and Isaac goes when they're scared (laughs) Isaac so sweet and Kale's like no I don't think he was scared I think he was like tired or cranky and when they get upset adults say stuff that they don't mean um and you know I don't want you to talk or I I want you to know that I love you and daddy loves you but I don't want you to talk to people the way that daddy talks to people (laughs) oh my god it's just so it's so classic Kale to like, she gets so close to the point and completely misses it. Why would you not say like, I don't like the way that daddy and I spoke to one another and I'm really sad and I'm sorry that you heard that and we shouldn't do that. And, you know, we both said things we didn't mean and we both need to work on this. And I'm really sorry if you felt scared when that happened and we're going to really do better. Like the fact that she's like, what daddy said to me, like, oh my God, Kale. So we get a scene of V and Joe talking about it. And V is like, I don't even know what happened. And Joe is like, you know, as soon as she got here, she started bickering with me. So I cursed her out. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe, did you need to curse her out? <laughs> and Joe, I mean, he pegs Kale. He says, Kale just wants to feel superior to someone and she wants to be able to belittle someone and she chooses me. And I was like, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Um, Kale and Javi are talking about it and Kale's like, it's not normal for someone to get so mad about people showing up early. (laughs) And they're basically going back and forth about how Joe is a piece of shit. There's nothing for Isaac to look up to Joe about. She's like, he doesn't work. He doesn't take care of him, which I think are reasonable complaints, right? Like, why does Joe like doesn't really seem to do anything fair? I get that being annoying, but to be like, Isaac has nothing to look up to him for is shitty. Javi's like, you know, that's not how you talk to people. That's not how a father acts. I'm like, you literally stood on Joe's front lawn in front of Isaac and screamed, fuck you, repeatedly at Joe. Like, what are you talking about? There was no reason for you to get involved in this. By the way, imagine Joe's neighbor, like, (laughs) Kale and Javi are just screaming in his yard, like, standing in Joe's yard, just screaming at him. Oh, my God. I would love to witness that. I would love to witness that. But for Javi to be like, that's not how a father talks to a child, like when a child's around. I'm like, you literally spoke that way. You spoke that way. They talk about how Joe is lazy and there's no reason for him to be in sweatpants at 5 p.m. on a Sunday. (laughs) I don't know. It's such a silly insult. I understand what she's saying. What she's saying is that Joe is lazy and doesn't do anything. But the way it comes out is so funny and silly. (laughs) Oh, Kale, you're such a bitch. You Pick fights over truly nothing. Nothing. This is the dumbest fucking fight. All right. Let's bring it on home with Janelle Lauren Evans. So Janelle Lauren Evans is, she checks in and lets us know, you know, at the start of season season seven, that she and Nate had a huge fight when he came to pick up Kaiser and he brought his new girlfriend with her, with him, and they got into a fight and Janelle was, had a glass in her hand and she went to spray the water on the girl's face and the glass slipped out of her hand. <laughs> oh, and they have to go to court in two weeks because the girlfriend is pressing charges. <laughs> I love being like, the cup hit her hand. Like, what does that mean, Janelle? 
Um, Janelle won't let Nate see Kaiser because that's what Janelle does. Um, she's talking to her friend about this and Nate calls and Nate does this thing that I find so unnerving. I think it's an abuser thing where he's like, I need to see my son, my son. Like he never uses Kaiser's name and then he also never uses Janelle's name. It's very, I don't know. There's something like very possessive about it. He's always like, when can I see my son? Not like, when can I see Kaiser? Mm, eh, I'm... Look, I'm not on Janelle's side for anything, but, like, I just find Nate to be so awful. So Janelle's like, why would I let him go see you? Because all you do when you have him is drop him off at daycare. And Nate's like, fuck you. You're going to be a felon. You're going to have felony charges. And Janelle's like, what? She's like, I'm not a felon. That's, I don't have a felony charge. And he's like, it's going to be a felony. <laughs> And Janelle's like, you came to my house, you dumbass. <laughs> I love the dumbass. I feel like I don't use dumbass enough. So Janelle Skypes with Amy and her lawyer. And Amy's like, mm, girl, no, don't worry. <laughs> like, to For there to be a felony in this case, you would have had to like seriously injure Jessica. So no, no felony. She's like, you need to get your life together, but no felony. So Tori and Janelle are driving around. I forgot at this point in time, Tori was living with Janelle and being Kaiser's nanny. <laughs> Talk about the scariest thing in the world. Janelle and Tori being a child's caregivers. I can't think of anything worse. Um, Janelle is like flipping out about this. She's like, I'm not going to be able to get a job. I'm not going to be able to get a job. If I have a violent, uh, violent charge on my record, I want to be in the medical field but if I have this, I'll never be able to get a job. I'm like, just this one thing you're worried about? Just this one thing you're worried about? There are videos online of you fighting. Like, what? I don't know what Janelle, like, thinks a background search is, but she seems confused. And Tori's like, dude, like, a ton of people with felonies get jobs. <laughs> oh, gosh. We get a scene of Nate at Jessica's. I forgot that Nate was in school at this point. Um, Nate's wearing his favorite business casual outfits and they're talking about what happened. By the way, they showed Jessica sitting on, they're like eating at a kitchen island on stools and they shoot them from behind at one point and Jessica's like sitting on the stool on her knees. It is the weirdest, like most uncomfortable position. I'm like, why is she sitting like that? <laughs> like, like truly like a toddler is very weird. But they're talking about Janelle in the fight, and Nate goes, my ex called me earlier. She won't let me see my son. And this is when Nate only refers to Janelle as his ex. It's just so weird. It's so weird that he doesn't use her name. Jessica's like, the violence just needs to stop. It just needs to stop. And she says, you know, if Kaiser is more safe with you, then I want to help build your case. That's why I'm going through with this. <laughs> and that's why Janelle doesn't get in trouble for this. <laughs> Because Jessica admits to this on the stand, if you will remember. So we get a scene of Janelle trying to watch Jace and Kaiser at the same time. Janelle and Tori. Kaiser is sick, so he's screaming. Jace is spilling stuff. And Janelle is losing her mind, of course. Barbara comes over to get Jace. And Barbara gives us a classic, oh, hi, Janelle. And she's like, how's Kaiser? And Janelle's like, he's just screaming. He won't go down. And Barbara's like, oh, he's just, he's hurting. Like, he's sick. And Janelle goes, no, he's fighting his sleep. Stop telling me how to parent. <laughs> Barbara's like, what? <laughs> it is so unnecessary. It's so aggressive. 
And suddenly Barbara's like, they're in a fight and Barbara's crying. It happens so quickly. Janelle's like, I don't have fucking time to think about court. Fuck you. Stop crying. Oh my God. It's such a mess. And little Jace is just wearing like a suit vest, like a vest that goes on a three-piece suit. (laughs) Oh gosh. And then in episode three, we meet David. Um, she's describing David and his kids to her friend. And she's like, he's just like, he works five days a week as a welder. He likes to hunt and fish. And he's a man, not a boy. She's like, you know, he's really hesitant to be on camera. And that's the only fourth wall breaking we got in this episode. It's very weird the way that they did that. And her friend's like, so he never watched a show? And she's like, no, he never watched a show. I'm like, girl... Okay. (laughs) Okay. She says that David has not met Barb yet because David is very innocent and she doesn't want Barb to offend him. That's classic. I love that. I love that. You can tell Janelle is already like head over heels for David. Like they are, they've been dating for like two weeks and I wonder if he's already living with her at this point and they just haven't shown it on TV. So we get a scene of David and Marissa and Jace and Janelle and Kaiser um, all out at a Christmas tree farm. Janelle is like deliriously happy. We get this one little scene. They're in the car and Marissa goes, Janelle, where's your favorite place to eat? And Janelle goes, um, Olive Garden? (laughs) It was so funny. First of all, Janelle does love Olive Garden. Famously, at one point, MTV was, like, paying her bonuses and Olive Garden gift cards because they didn't want to give her cash while she was, like, deep in drugs. I don't know how true that was, but <laughs> that was something that her ex-manager, Leo Daniels, used to say. But, um, Olive Garden? <laughs> Look, do I love to throw back some breadsticks and some unlimited salad at Olive Garden? Of course. You know, guys, know I'm a high-low girl. I love a shitty chain restaurant. I also love, like, an incredible fine dining experience. I like both. <laughs> oh, gosh. Janelle is, like, deliriously happy in this. She's like, no fighting. We love each other. We just love each other. And it's like, oh, goodness gracious, this can never last. So Janelle brings David over to Barb's and they're talking about just life. And then they bring up Christmas and Barbara's like, well, I'm going to Asheville with Jace to visit your brother. And Janelle's like, it's not fair. No. And Barbara's like, it's not fair. It's not fair to me. And Janelle's like, I'm his mother. Why do you think you get to spend Christmas with him? And it's like, Janelle, are you new here? Like, Jace is six at this point. Like, you're new to this? You're new to this? Because he can't spend Christmas with you, with you because you don't have custody of him. <laughs> and then they call Jason and ask him directly, do you want to go to Asheville with Meme or do you want to spend Christmas at my house with the kids and the toys, basically is what she says. And Jace says, with your house, but he looks so confused. It's so fucked up that they do this. Ugh. And Barbara offers a really nice... um a really nice, like, compromise that she can spend the night over at Janelle's. They'll wake up at, like, 4.30. They'll do gifts there, and then they'll all go to Asheville. And Janelle's like, fine, fine. And Barbara's, like, so happy. She's like, oh, my God, I thought we were going to have to fight about that. I'm like, you literally did fight about that. But it, it does seem like a good compromise. And the reality is, is that Barbara gets to do with Jace what she wants on Christmas. And as soon as they get in the car, Janelle's like... 
David's upset. David, are you upset about this? And David's like, well, you know, I don't really want to go to Asheville. And she's like, you know, my mom just wants to be the first one to do everything with Jace. It's just a competition for her. And I'm like, what are you talking about? How is this? Like, this doesn't even make sense. It does even make sense. David's talking shit on Barbara. He's like, you need custody. And it's like, whoop, there it is. (laughs) Every boyfriend, whoop, there it is. Janelle gets some full on board that she needs custody of her child very quickly. And he's like, you know, when she was saying it's not fair to her, like, you're his mother. You're his mother. And Janelle's like, I know. And Janelle says this iconic line. I understand she's so protective over him because she raised him. But yeah, whatever. Like, give it up, dude. Come on. (laughs) I understand he's she's so protective over him because she raised him. But whatever. Give it up, dude. Come on. That's incredible. Chef kiss. Classic Janelle. David is like rooting her on. And honestly, at this point, like, I feel like if you hit the end of this episode, like I said, I can understand how people just saw him immediately and were like, oh, he seems good. He has a job. He seems nice. They had fun at the Christmas tree farm. But this talking shit on Barbara by the end of his first episode is a red flag, to say the least. Oh, goodness gracious. I think Teen Mom 2 comes back the following week? I don't know when it comes back. It comes back soon. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm having fun doing these throwbacks, but I guess I'll do the new episodes. Um, that's it for this week. I hope everybody has a lovely week. Like I said, subscribe to my Patreon, patreon.com slash Liz Explains, and we can have a fun little time together. <laughs> You'll get access to like 150 episodes that I have on there. Okay, so have a good week. Love you much. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Solid Listen Network. Find me on Instagram at feathers underscore pod.